there, and welcome to the Friday edition of Following the Truth. My name is Gary Zimak, and I'm so glad that you're able to stop by and spend a little time with me. I'm going to be here for the next 30 minutes. I hope you are able to stick around. Today, we're going to look at week five, day five of Give Up Worry for Good. We're also going to look at, since this is the Friday program, we don't have a show on Saturday or Sunday, going to look at day six as well as kind of set you up for next week. Uh, you know, I, I keep getting emails that the um, every everything's been positive. I have read everything I've read has been positive, and I'm so, so glad that the Holy Spirit inspired me to do this this summer session. I just thought the time was right, especially with uh, so many of us anxious to get out into the world and do things. Um and during the summer, many parishes being closed. So I, I think it's perfect that we're able to do this in a virtual way. Today's Bible passage comes from Mark's Gospel. And it, you know what, this is one of those passages. I'll, I'll read it after after we pray. But it's one of those those passages that reminds us that whether you're looking for some sort of a healing or whether you're trying to break free from some habitual sin or... Whether you're trying to give up worry, it doesn't always happen overnight. Oftentimes, it's a process. It takes time to develop, and we shouldn't become overly impatient. We should just let the Holy Spirit work at at His rate, and that's the way things work out the best, when we just are patient and when we let the Holy Spirit operate according to His time frame. And it's just a very interesting situation that develops in in Mark's gospel, which is the the passage we're going to look at today. Very interesting in that it almost appears that when Jesus is healing someone, that the healing doesn't take the first time and he has to do it again. It's sort of of an odd uh, incident, and I'm going to share my thoughts on it. And honestly, it's it's the type of uh, incident that is one that, at least in my opinion, it brings a lot of comfort and, and lets us realize that don't always expect the the big jaw-dropping miracle to occur suddenly. The Lord works more often than not in gradual ways, which, which is fine. We just have to be patient with Him and be patient with ourselves. So that's what we're going to talk about on the show today. And again, I hope you're hope you're comfortable. I hope you're Wherever you are, wherever you listen to this from, you know, it's really neat when I get emails of people listening outside of the U.S., wherever you are. I just hope you're doing well. Hope I hope you're getting more peace as we're, as, as, as we're halfway through this program. Next week, we enter into week six. It's hard to believe. It just seems like we just started it, didn't it? Uh, so we've got three more weeks to go, and I'll be sharing thoughts as we, as we near the conclusion, and even when we're finished. Even when we've gone through give up, worry for good, it doesn't mean you'll never have to work on this again. It's a, it's a it's a constant working on drawing closer to God, following Him, trusting Him, and doing the best you can while at the same time depending on Him to help you. So that's really the way that you break free from anxiety by learning to lean on Him and to do your your best. You know, so why don't we pray and then we'll talk about what happened when Jesus went to heal a blind man in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Father in heaven, I thank you for being with us right now. 
I thank for thank you for your constant presence in our lives. Father, we know that you are all powerful. We know that you love us unconditionally. We know, Father, that no plan of yours can be stopped. Anything that is permitted to enter into our lives is something permitted by you, not always willed by you, because we know you don't will evil, but is permitted to happen by you so that greater good can come out of it. We know that, Father. We don't always feel it, but intellectually through faith we know that because we know you love us and we know that you're all-powerful. And also we know that you are willing to become involved in our lives. You are willing in our lives. You are involved in our lives. You created us so that we could be in a relationship with you and live with you forever in heaven. But sometimes there are things that because of our free will that you won't force us to do. Giving up worry is one of those things. You'll set everything in place to help us, but you won't force us to surrender to your will, to stop worrying, and to trust you. You won't force us to do that. And as we go through these eight weeks, Father, we are learning more and more reasons why we should trust you, why we should commit our lives to you, why we should do what we can and trust you with the rest. And we pray for your grace to be able to help us move forward and worry less each day. Father, I ask that you use me as your instrument. Give me the words that I should deliver. And please open to all of our hearts and minds to be receptive to your message. Father, we ask these things in the most holy and sacred name of Jesus Christ, who is your Son and our Lord, and who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, again, you know, it's a real pleasure to hang out with you. My name is Gary Zimak. This is Following the Truth. We come to you each Monday through Friday for 30 minutes each day. We're in the midst of doing our eight-week Give Up Worry for Good program. I thank you for being a part of it. I thank you for your comments. I thank you for your prayers. It really means a lot to me. And today, as we as we sort of wrap up, because this is the Friday edition of the show, as we wrap up the fifth week of Give Up Worry for Good, um, I'm going to share some things on today's reflection, but then I'll talk a little bit about tomorrow's and the following day as well, and, and set us up to head into the next week, which is week six, devoted to, devoted to focusing on God. You know, this week we're, we've concentrated on his power in the past, uh, in one of the weeks, and, and this week we focused on the fact that we can expect problems, but we don't want to stay focused on our problems. We don't want to stay focused on the troubles that we'll encounter. We want to mention them in the context of understanding that God is bigger than the problems, in the context of understanding that we're going to slip up from time to time. You'll see an example of that today. But we want to next week get the focus back on God. You know, that's it's, it, that's how it is when we pray. We've got to be careful sometimes because even though we might have the best of intentions, to pray and to give all of our problems to the Lord, if we dwell too much on the nitty-gritty details of the problems, you know, you go into the excruciating, painful, gory details and the what-ifs and why you need what you need, God wants to hear that. He really wants you to speak from the heart, but you want to be careful that you don't spend too much time 
going over how horrible your problem is. Not because God doesn't want to hear it. He does. But you, if you dwell on that too much, you're going to get yourself upset. You're going to become even more hopeless or more discouraged. You want to mention the problem to the Lord. To the Lord, You want to speak from the heart. But then you want to focus on his power, which is, again, why we're going to do what we do next week. And we shift back to God after looking at the fact that we have problems. I want to direct you to my website, followingthetruth.com. If you want to find out more information about my work, pick up a copy of any of my books, as well as um, find out about how to bring me to your parish to speak. Uh, One last comment before we get on with today's meditation. On Facebook today, I've been kind of hitting at this, but I officially shared it today. I have a new book coming out in September. The book is called Journey with God, Finding Peace and Happiness. The book is something that I've always wanted to write this kind of book. I've shared a lot of this information with you, but now we get it in book form. The idea of how do we have a relationship, not just with Jesus, but with the Father and with the Holy Spirit, and how does all of that work together to bring us peace in our lives. It's sort of a how-to book. It's not specifically, it doesn't have worry in the title, but it's really finding peace and happiness, which is the bulk of what I do. And look, that's what comes out of a relationship with, with the Lord. Peace and happiness, that's what results. So the book will be coming out in September. It's going to be published by the Word Among Us Press. And uh, we'll talk more about it as we go forward, including pre-order information. But it's a journey with God, finding peace and happiness, coming from Word Among Us Press, written by yours truly. You can look for it in, I believe, late September, maybe even early October. But again, we'll talk more about it. And um, all right, so week five, day five. Jesus was encountered a blind man in Bethsaida and he laid his hands on the blind man's eyes and apparently healed him. And then Jesus asked him, and this is Mark chapter eight, verse 23, Jesus said to the man, do you see anything? And the man responded in Mark eight, verse 24 and 25. And again, this is week five, day five's meditation. He looked up and he said, I see men, but they look like trees walking. Then again, Jesus laid his hands upon the man's eyes, and he looked intently and was restored and saw everything clearly. And here, here's, why, here's why I like this, this passage, this incident, if you want to call it that. Jesus appeared to heal the man, and it didn't seem to work the first time. And you know, and I speculate in the book, did he do something wrong? Did maybe he not say the right words? Did he not touch the right place? All of that is untrue. I think a story. the beautiful thing about a story like this is the fact that if we need something in life, Jesus certainly is illustrating to us, we should keep praying for it. You know, you you pray for healing, you pray for financial uh, restoration, you pray for um, an end to your loneliness, you pray for a new job, any number of things. We can't expect, I mean, sometimes it happens, you pray once, you get what you asked for, but we can't expect that because more times than not, that's not the way it works. And one of the reasons the Lord allows this to happen is because, and we chatted about this not too long ago, he doesn't want us to treat him like you would treat a vending machine. You put your coins in, you get your product out, and you go along. 
your Murray way. He wants to have a long-term relationship with you. And yes, the Lord wants us to to depend on him, but he wants us to love him more than what the more than we love what he gives us. Love the gift, love the giver more than the gifts. That's that's the goal of of Christian of, of all Christians. That's what God wants and that's what we should aspire toward. Now it's hard for us. We've got a fallen human nature. We tend to want certain things more than a relationship with with God. I mean that that tendency happens. Now that will change over time. The more you get to know him, I I can pretty much guarantee that will change. But initially when we first start walking with him, we generally come to him because we want something. And he's okay with that. He really is. He wants us to be in a relationship with him no matter what. And he's not going to hold that against us. And I think one of the one of the challenges that we face is treating the way God thinks as in a similar way to the way we think. And he doesn't think that way. God's ways are not our ways. That's what the prophet Isaiah says in chapter 55 of the book of Isaiah. God's ways are not our ways. He doesn't operate using the same thought process that we do. And he, some of his techniques or tactics, if you want to use that word, are somewhat controversial. He allows storms into our lives. He allows anxiety to affect some of us, all with the intent that will turn to him and grow closer to him. That's what he wants. So if you feel you need something, keep praying. Until he says no, or until you realize, and sometimes this happens too, that you know what, this I don't really want this anymore. Then it's okay to stop praying because what happens sometimes, and I've seen this happen in my life, is the Lord, you know, you're praying for, please let this happen, please let this happen, please help me with this. And over time, you start to say, I, I don't, it hasn't happened yet, but I don't really want it anymore. What, what can happen is that oftentimes when you pray for a particular intention, the Lord will change your heart because he knows that what you want might not be the best thing for you. So instead of sometimes he'll say no, but sometimes, and again, why he does, why he operates one way, one time and another way, another time, that's really up to him. That's his prerogative. Sometimes he'll just change that desire in your heart so that he didn't give it to you yet, but you realize, I don't really want this anymore. And then, of course, it makes sense to stop praying for it if it's not something you want or if it's not something you feel is good for you. But we shouldn't stop praying. This, um, this story of the blind man not being healed instantly, he received a partial hearing at, healing at first. He could see better. He was no longer blind, but he saw men and they looked like trees. So the healing didn't, the full healing didn't occur instantly. It was a process. And, and that's why I love this for this week devoted to concentrating on the fact that things won't always go smoothly. You may, after you're done this eight-week program, or maybe on week seven even, or maybe now, have a problem enter your life, and you slip up and begin worrying again. And you might be tempted to think, what did I just do? Why did I waste my time? This is never going to get any better. We all need to be patient with ourselves. The Lord works in his own time, He works with each one of us according to his schedule, not our schedule. 
So there are going to be times, and we're not perfect. And we shouldn't expect to be perfect because then we put too much pressure on ourselves. And when we start to think, well, why did I mess up? I should never worry again. Why did I lapse into worry again? Well, giving up worry is a process. It takes a long time to get into the habit of worrying. You know, us worriers, we've been at it for a long time for most of us, and we're pretty good at it. Well, it takes an equally long time to trade that for to trade that that vice of worry for the the virtue of trusting God. It takes time. So don't be impatient with yourself and realize that not everything you ask for is granted immediately. And uh, one of the points that I make in the book is to, I say, spend 10 minutes in silent prayer asking the Holy Spirit to give you some examples of how God is helping you in your battle to overcome worry. Be careful, the signs could be very small so that you might have to look closely. You might worry less. You might not be as freaked out. You might be more willing to pray about something before you start immediately worrying. You know, there could be any number of small signs. This man... After being healed of his blindness, he was able to see men, whereas before he couldn't see them at all. Now he could see them, but they looked like trees. So his eyesight wasn't perfect. And then the Lord touched him again. He laid hands on him, and the man was healed. And it's the same thing with us. I I guarantee you, that Jesus wants you to stop worrying. He does not want you to worry, and that's why he was very clear in Mark cha- in Matthew chapter 6 that we should not worry, that we should trust our Heavenly Father. He's very clear about that. So, you know, we could say that, well, I, I, I want this. I'm not sure if this is God's will. I guarantee you, it's God's will for you not to worry. It, it's absolutely God's will. Sometimes we deal with intentions where it's not that clear cut. Does God really want me to get this job? Does he really want to give me a physical healing? Is this really the best thing? And we can't always be sure. But when it comes to, does he want me to stop worrying? There is no doubt he does. But due to the fact that maybe he wants to drag it out a little bit so that you'll not forget about him. You know, again, if you're not used to praying, to spending time with him, and he would grant you your request too quickly, suppose he said, all right, you'll never worry again for the rest of your life. There is a possibility, and, and it might, maybe not with you, but with me there absolutely is. If I knew that I would never have to worry again and that the Lord would just take care of my every need, I would probably, I don't like to admit this, but I would probably tend to pray less. I would probably start to believe more in my own ability than in the Lord's ability, especially if I just started this this quest to give up worry. You know, I've been doing this for a long time, and I'm it's pretty much ingrained in my head how little that I can do. And that's one of the things I talked about on Relevant Radio earlier today on the Morning Air Show. I talked about St. Paul's words, when I am weak, then I am strong. And he asked the Lord three times in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Three times, this thorn in the flesh. We never find out exactly what it is, but it's some sort of an affliction that caused problems for Paul. Three times he asked the Lord to take it away. And the Lord said, no, nope, because my power is made perfect in your weakness. And 
uh, one of the points that I made on morning air today was that my, my anxiety has actually been a blessing in my life because it reminds me that I'm not powerful and that I need God. Because if I didn't have that, there's a chance that I could think that I can solve all my problems on my own. And that is, there is no way that that's true for any of us. God doesn't expect us to deal with these problems that we face in life on our own. And for many of us, this anxiety he gives us is that open door to him. We know we need him. Not everybody knows they need him. I am so grateful that I know that I need the Lord Jesus in my life and that I need his help every day. I'm so grateful for that. And I have learned that through a relationship with him, it is absolutely possible to experience peace. I'll always be anxious by nature. I'll always have that tendency, and I've told you this before, to catastrophize, to go worst case. But I also know that the Lord will always respond to my prayers. Maybe not by taking away my problem, but by letting me feel his peace. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the day six reflection. I used Romans 8.35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? In other words, what problem that I encounter in life will separate me from Christ's love? And the answer is there is none. He is with me and he loves me no matter what I am going through. And that's why, and I, you know, you've heard me talk about this a lot. That's why in order to find peace in life, we've got to learn a very simple but hard to grasp sometimes truth. And the truth is that God loves us, that God is all-powerful, and that God is with us. And that any problem that he allows to happen, take place in our life, including cancer. And I heard from somebody who wrote to me and talked about her husband's cancer in the midst of the COVID pandemic. And they grew closer to the Lord through that. And they understood just how little control they had. You know, that's an, it's an important lesson for us to learn. Any ailment, any affliction, any difficulty that we can experience, God's allowing it to happen. And the reason he's allowing it to happen, he doesn't always directly will it, as in the case of evil. He doesn't will somebody to do something bad to you. He does not will that. And death did not come into the world as a result of God's will. Death came came into the world and sickness as a result of original sin. But God allows these things to happen. He's He's still in control. And as people who tend to worry, we need to accept that. We need to really embrace that. And man, it is a hard thing to embrace, the fact that God's in control when you look at some of the tragedies that happen in the world. But he allows them to happen so that he can bring good out of them. Well, that's stupid. That's not a good way to handle it. Well, and this is why, this is why Isaiah's words are so important. God's ways are not our ways. God knows more than we do. God is smarter than we are. And yet, we look at him and some of the things he does, we don't understand. But we don't have to understand. That's what faith is all about. 
And sometimes we have to trust him, even though it might not make sense to us. And even though we're scared to death, we could still choose to trust him. And this week we acknowledge that we have problems. But the Lord can always bring good out of any problem that we will ever face. Now, again, this week was all about learning to accept the difficulties. To accept the difficulties, but at the same time understanding that God's bigger than any difficulty we can face. And I close out the, the, the chapter or the weekly in my weekly wrap up for week five with St. Paul's words to the Colossians, Colossians 1 24. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. I only have a couple of minutes before we bring the, the program to a close. Paul is not insinuating that the sacrifice of Christ was not sufficient to redeem all of mankind. It was. But us, as the body of Christ, as the members of the church, we have a role to play. So Jesus on the cross did his share of suffering to redeem mankind. However, in his goodness, he allows us, again, mysteriously, because it's probably something most of us don't want, but because he loves us and he wants to be close to us, he allows us as members of his mystical body, the church, to share in his suffering. And when we do that, we can not only comfort Jesus in his affliction on the cross, but we can share in his mission of redeeming the world. So all those souls that you're concerned about, maybe people who have left the church, people who are suffering, you can take whatever suffering you have, and it doesn't have to be serious or very painful suffering. It can be a traffic jam, and offer it up and say, Father, please accept this in union with the suffering of your son Jesus, and please use it for good. So as we as we conclude this week devoted to, there's going to be problems. Just understand that while it's okay to ask for these problems to go away, while you still have them, try to make good use of them and offer them up. Okay, so next week we launch into week six, a week focused on God. This week we focused on our difficulties and trials and tribulations being a part of life. Next week, we're going to shift our focus to the fact that God is with us and he's always in control. You know, we're Peter walking on the water this week and understanding, and we got this storm around us. And when Peter looked too much at the storm and the wind, he began to sink and he had to cry out to Jesus, Lord, save me. Well, we're at that point now where we want to shift our focus from the storm to Jesus, who will lead us to the Father. And the Holy Spirit's going to make that whole process work nicely. So that's where we're at. Hey, if you need anything over the weekend, Gary at followingthetruth.com is my email address. I would love to hear from you. I'm going to be praying for you. Please keep me in your prayers as well. Thank you for your donations. If you'd like to donate to my ministry, followingthetruth.com is the place to go. You can donate securely online if you're able to do that. I would really appreciate it. God willing, I'll be back with you here on Monday. Have a fantastic weekend. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.